When 46,000 years of First Nations cultural history was blown up by Rio Tinto two years ago, the world was outraged. How did it happen? The destruction of the Jukan Gorge in the Pilbara back in 2020 prompted not one, but two parliamentary inquiries. And today the federal government has responded. It's made some commitments and promises, but traditional owners are saying they're still being kept out of the loop. Well, we need to find out what's happened and to talk us through that and all the action in the last fortnight of Parliament, because we are getting real end-of-year energy from Canberra at the moment, Hacks political reporter Shalila Madora is with us. Shalila, starting with the Jukan Gorge report, how has the government responded? Dave, they've responded by accepting seven of the eight recommendations. Those recommendations include making it easier for traditional owners to seek cultural protection and bringing Australia into line with international laws. They've also committed to strengthening laws around heritage protection with the input of First Nations group and traditional owners. Now, that part is actually really important here because here's the thing. We've known about the cultural and historic significance of that rock artwork for more than a decade before the blast and Rio Tinto was still legally allowed to use high-powered explosives in that area to expand their Brockman 4 mine. That's despite repeated warnings from traditional owners about the significance and what that site actually meant to them. In fact, Rio Tinto had been granted an exception to carry out that blast. So strengthening laws around heritage sites is a major focus for the government. Here's Environment Minister Tanya Plibersek explaining how weak the current laws are. This wasn't a one-off incident and there were really significant flaws in our laws protecting Aboriginal cultural heritage. In fact, the destruction of Duke and Gorge um, was legal under the laws as they exist at the moment. Yeah, wow. Shalala, you mentioned earlier that the government's accepted seven of the eight recommendations of that parliamentary inquiry. Is that one exemption causing a bit of concern? Yeah, it is. That last recommendation was to move oversight of the preservation of Indigenous heritage sites from the Environment Minister, who's in charge now, who we just heard from, to the Indigenous Affairs Minister. Now, Tanya Plibersek says they're working with First Nations communities on that point, but traditional owners at the Duke and Gorge site are really angry. They said they haven't been consulted at all about the recommendations from that report, so they're quite annoyed that, despite all the conversation, they actually haven't been consulted at all. Moving to another subject now, there's been some pretty huge revelations about a former minister. What's happening there? Yeah, so nine papers have released leaked emails suggesting Queensland MP Stuart Robert secretly used his position in the Liberal Party to help lobbyists gain access to senior members of the government. Mr Robert wasn't a minister at the time and there's no suggestion he was paid for or worked for the lobbying group called Synergy 360. Mr Robert has completely denied the allegations and the allegations don't actually constitute illegal behaviour. Okay, and how- Have the allegations affected the last fortnight of Parliament? Yeah, like you said before, it's big sitting, last sitting fortnight energy here. And it basically what that means is that the government has only this week and next week to get through all of the legislation it wants to pass before the summer holidays and before the summer break for the pollies. The first big piece of legislation is one that's probably familiar to our audience. It's the National Anti-Corruption Commission, which you may know as Federal ICAC. The sticking point with this has been whether or not hearings are to be made public. Under Labor plans, those 
hearings would only be made public under exceptional circumstances. Today, the bells have been ringing all day. There's been lots of proposals from independents to change aspects of that legislation, what we call amendments, including clarifying the laws on what actually exceptional circumstances means. But those amendments have all been shot down by Labor and the Coalition, which is the Liberal and National Parties. So they didn't pass, and the bill has now gone through to the Senate, where it'll need to pass before it becomes law. Okay, a lot of people keeping an eye on that one. Another thing that we're hearing a lot about are these new industrial relations laws. What's that all about? The government has introduced pretty wide-ranging changes to industrial relations law, which it says will help us get pay rises. Now, you probably know that wages have been flatlining for a while and the cost of living is a huge deal for our audience. So these laws would allow employees to ask for more flexibility in their jobs and would stop things like secret pay clauses in contracts. But the most controversial aspect is this thing called multi-employer bargaining. That's just when workers in the same industries who have different employers can bargain on pay and conditions together. Probably unsurprisingly, business groups are really against this and there are quite a few independents in government who want more time to explore just how this is going to impact industry. So this could be a really big sticking point. It's not um, It's not like it hasn't got the green light as yet and it could be a really big sticking point in this last, last fortnight. Well, lucky we've got you keeping an eye on everything. Hack political reporter Shalala Dora, thank you so much for filling us in. I know you'll be back if there are other big things that drop in Canberra. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Dave. You're listening to Hack on Triple J.